0: Friends, This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable inviting you to stay tuned for this edition of Let's Talk About Jesus right here on WMAF. We're so glad to be with you today and we pray that you have a little bit of your time that you can set aside for the receiving of of God's Word, to be instructed, to be inspired, hallelujah, praise God, and to be in a position if you are a Christian to to receive all of your spiritual resources that God has made available to you, and to know that He is with you, and to know just how close that God is to you because of the work and the ministry of the third person of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit. We're studying the Holy Spirit. We will never get through with this study. It is so vast. It is so vitally important to us. But we want to cover enough of this that we begin to really get hungry for more study and more interest and more focus on the Holy Spirit. You know, we're very good at doing church today. We're very organized and we should be. This is God's business and we should be very responsible in the way that we approach God's business. But at the same time, we dare not become self-confident and overconfident in our own ingenuity and our own ability rather than the person and presence and power of the Holy Spirit. We had a glorious Sunday. I just want to say this about the Holy Spirit. We had we had a beautiful service, powerful service, and, and uh, uh, clearly there were people that were moved by the Spirit of God as the Word of God went forth. But at the end of the service we were praying for just personal needs, people that were going in for surgery and people that uh, that needed a touch in their body, and we were just praying for them there wasn't an a a, a a altar call occurring at the time, no one was giving an invitation to come to Christ, although we do at the end of every service and we had, and uh, now the service had went on to just making sure that anyone with a personal need would have prayer given offered for them as we would gather around them one by one. And it looked like the service was now over and people were already leaving. We're getting ready to leave the sanctuary and a lady came down and clearly drawn by the presence of God. Amen. The Holy Spirit working in her life, drawing her to Christ and to salvation and to to repentance and receiving Jesus. And she was so ready to pray the sinner's prayer with us and to receive Christ His Savior. And I remember saying that to her, no one drugged you down here. Uh, no one caused you to come down. No one pressured you, coerced you. It had to be the Holy Spirit. When she said, how do I get saved? I said, the process of getting saved has already begun because the Holy Spirit has already done drawn you and called you and, and you're already responding hallelujah praise god well jesus said no man comes to me except my father draw him and we're not good enough no matter how much theological training we've had or how enthusiastic and sincere we are We, without the Holy Spirit, uh, can't do His exclusive work. But when the Holy Spirit is moving, when we are interceding for souls to be saved, and the Holy Spirit is moving in hearts, amen, we begin to see this wonderful phenomenon of conviction of sin and drawing to Christ. And we know that God is at work in the human heart and the human soul. Always the target of the gospel is not initially the mind, but the heart. Jesus said to the church of Laodicea, He said, Behold, I stand at the door, and it is perceived to be the heart's door. I stand at the door and knock. If any man open the door, I will come in and sup with him and him with me. Praise God. Listen, friend, when when the Holy Spirit comes to indwell us, and that's where we're going today in this study, is the indwelling, not just his role in salvation and regeneration when we get saved, but his 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 work within our life that is ongoing up close and very. Personal, the indwelling, holy Spirit, he regenerates and he indwells, praise God, amen, and when he comes in, he mediates or manifests the presence of Christ. that's how the scripture can be fulfilled, and lo, I am with you always. It is because of the indwelling, holy spirit that Christ can keep his promise to never leave us nor never forsake us, praise God. And it is because of the presence of God within us, the Holy Spirit manifesting God's presence and Christ's presence within us that is that surety uh, of our salvation. It is Christ in you. The Bible said that is the hope of glory. And He is in us by virtue of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus said when He comes... He will testify of me. He will not speak of himself. He will testify of me. Now, while we're on this study of the Holy Spirit, I want to give a a little bit of caution here. Beware of any emphasis in ministry that is more on the Holy Spirit than it is upon Jesus Christ. I want to say that again. Jesus is the centerpiece of the gospel. It is his blood sacrifice that is the only element that 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 can truly save so and we want to be filled with the holy spirit that we might know Jesus more intimately and more perfectly and trust him uh, more often in our life for all the things we need from God amen all right having said that the holy spirit Amen. I'm going to take something out of its context, a text, and then we're going to read the text in context for this study today. John's Gospel, chapter 14 and verse 17. It says, "...He dwelleth with you and shall be in you." The indwelling of the Holy Spirit is so basic to the Christian experience that the believer is described as the Spirit's very temple. 1 Corinthians 16 and verse 19 says, Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? Paul said, don't you perceive, don't you understand that you are the temple of God? By virtue of what fact? That the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit dwelleth in you. One translation says, do you not know that your body is the temple, the very sanctuary of the Holy Spirit who lives within you? Hallelujah. I like what Perlman wrote. He said, one of the most comprehensive definitions of a Christian is that he is a man or woman in whom the Holy Spirit spirit dwells. Glory to God. Talbot says, you show me a man who is not indwelt by the Spirit of God, and I'll show you a man who is not a child of God. Romans 8 and verse 9 bears this out. If any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And W.A. Criswell uh, noted, and I quote, without the presence of the Spirit, there's no conviction, no cleansing, no regeneration, no sanctification, no acceptable works. Life is in the quickening Spirit. Praise God. Life is in the quickening Spirit. When you need courage and consolation today, you need the ministry Of the Holy Spirit. John's Gospel, chapter 14. And I'm going to begin reading with verse 16 through verse 27. Jesus said, And I will pray the Father, and He shall give you another Comforter, that He may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth Him not, neither knoweth Him. But ye know Him, ye know Him, For he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. I will come to you. Praise God. This word comfortless in the Greek means orphanous. I won't leave you like an orphan. I will father you. And I will come to you. I will come back to you. One translation renders this. So Jesus said, I can indwell you because of the Holy Spirit's presence in your life. I can be with you because of the Holy Spirit's presence in your life. He said, yet a little while in verse 19, and the world seeth me no more, but ye see me. Because I live, ye shall live also. And that day ye shall know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Hallelujah. Amen. Verse 21, He that hath my commandments, and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. He that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him, and will manifest myself to him. Make myself known. Make myself real to him. Judas said unto him, Not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us and not the world? The reason he asked that question, every time Jesus went out in the thoroughfare in public, people were pressing, pushing, and shoving. Some to be healed, some to be delivered, but they were all over him. And I can just see this crowd and people just elbowing the disciples out of the way. And and and, and this Judas said, Lord, how how are you going to be personal? up close and personal, intimate with us, and not the whole world. And here's the answer Jesus gave in verse 23. Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him, and we will make our abode with him. And in verse 24, he that loveth me not, keepeth not my sayings, and the word which ye hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. These things I have spoken to you, being yet present with you, but the comforter, paraclete here, which is... The Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. And then he said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Praise God. Hallelujah. Verse fourteen, uh, John fourteen, rather, verse sixteen and seventeen is where we find that great statement of Christ, and He shall give you another Comforter, another Paraclete, another Comforter, even the Spirit of Truth. Hallelujah! See, the Holy Spirit is first is first identified as Alon Parakleton, Paracletan. Alan Paracleton translated another, Alan Paracleton, another counselor, or as the King James says, another comforter. Neither of these terms really uh, are fully adequate of identifying who the Holy Spirit really is and what His work really is in our life. What does comforter make you think of? (laughs) The Holy Spirit is not a warm blanket, friend, to wrap yourself up in in a cold winter night. Neither does Jesus want us just to think of the Holy Spirit as someone who will try to make us feel better in the most of difficult times. So why does the King James describe the Holy Spirit as Alan Pericleton or another comforter? It comes really from the Latin influence in which comforter means to be alongside or to come alongside with strength. I want to say that again. To come alongside with strength. And that, I believe that's much closer to what Jesus had in mind. You know, he said, you shall receive power, supernatural strength and ability when the Holy Ghost has come upon you. What do you think of when you hear counselor? Jesus has much more in mind than just someone who will provide a listening ear and offer advice. Perhaps you may think of a legal counselor or advocate who represents an individual before a court. See, Jesus was communicating much more to his disciples than just our modern understanding of counselor or comforter. The Bible said the Father will send another friend I believe this comes a little closer to Jesus' intention. A real friend loves you. You know, the Bible said, a friend loveth at all times. They don't just love you when you're lovable. (laughs) I want to say that again. A true friend loves you at all times. That's why mothers are such great friends to their children. They love them at all times. Times they may not approve and will not approve of what they do wrong, but they never stop loving them. A real friend will not abandon you in the midst of difficulty. A real friend. and, And you'll find out in life who your real friends really are. Amen. The Bible said in the Old Covenant there is a friend and we immediately speak of Jesus. It has no star by it, which means uh, in study Bibles it's not uh, uh, prophetic of Jesus, but I don't know anyone who doesn't think of Christ when they hear this scripture. There is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. There is a friend that sticks closer then a brother, hallelujah, a real friend, will not abandon you in the midst of difficulty. And the wonderful thing about it is, Christ said, I have not called you servants. I have called you friends. And Abraham, even in the old covenant, was called the friend of God. And for him to be the friend of God, God had to befriend him. Praise God. Like a comforter, A friend will encourage you. A friend will be beside you with strength right when it's needed most. Like a counselor, a friend will take time to listen, to hear your deepest secrets. A friend will offer you wise counsel and provide help with difficult decisions. Comforter, counselor, and friend, each of these help to identify who the Holy Spirit is. But there is more. Who then is the Holy Spirit that Jesus said the Father would send? Jesus said the Father would send Alan Paracletan. Alan is another of the same kind, literally. Another, not just another, but another of the same kind. Oh Hallelujah. Paracletan or Paraclete is one called alongside as a helper or advocate. So Jesus is really telling us, that we will receive from the Father another Helper, Counselor, Comforter, or, in short, a Friend just like Jesus. Hallelujah! And that's how Jesus keeps the promise. To be with us, to be in us, to abide with us forever, Christ keeps the promise And lo, I am with you always. I will never, and it's in the emphatic in the Greek, I will never, no, never leave you, nor forsake you. I will not leave you comfortless. Orphanos, hallelujah. Oh, friend, if you're living like an orphan when you have God as your father, Christ as as your friend, the Holy Spirit indwelling you, uh, you should rise up today. Uh, Get rid of the poor old me's and the mully grubbing that follows them. These are not words you will probably find in any dictionary, but you all probably know what I'm talking about. Uh, My flesh, and when I am hurt, when I'm discouraged, when I'm disgusted, I have, a, I have a propensity to complain and to, to murmur. A friend of mine, but when I look into what Christ has done for me and what He's doing and His work in me right now, this minute, it just makes me want to praise Him and thank Him. It fills my heart with gratitude to overcome that wrong attitude. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. I, I said Sunday, and I want to say it to the listening audience, which I consider a congregation just as much as the people that are in the live service on Sunday morning, no matter what anyone's done to you, no matter what kind of hurt they have, they have, they have imposed upon you, what kind of anger they have brought forth from you, we should never as Christians let anything that anyone has done to us be more influential. In our life. Than what Christ has done for us. I want to say that again. Never as a Christian. Let anything that anyone has done to you. Be transcendent of what Christ, in terms of its influence in your life, of what Christ has done for you and for me on the cross and what He's done after the cross, sending the Holy Spirit so that we would never be without strength, never be without comfort, never be without counsel. In fact, He said, I... Will, in the same context of the Holy Spirit coming, I will come back to you. Praise God. The songwriter of old penned the words, What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and grief to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, the peace we often forfeit. Oh, the needless pain we bear, all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. A friendship relationship with God, friend, is the basis for our trust. Our faith results from a fellowship relationship. And prayer doesn't become just a duty or responsibility, but an opportunity to spend time with a friend, who loves us like no other praise God. I've often told our congregation when when uh, I go off on a trip, they might as well to, to send my wife with me uh, because the bill that we run up talking with one another uh, as I'm traveling and, and where I'm staying and, and so frequently <laughs> the, the bill is going to be so big the long distance uh, back in those days when every, every long distance call was charged to, to the phone bill. Uh, You might have wished to just send her (laughs) with me. Amen. Because we're going to be constantly communicating with one another. Because we love one another. And we are a help to one another. Praise God. Amen. Prayer becomes an opportunity to spend time with a friend that deeply, deeply loves us and that we are falling in love with more and more every single day. And it takes away uh, that that sense of just duty and responsibility and opens up that door of privilege. When Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you, He revealed a sacred friendship covenant, a promise of one that is devoted to another. I want to say that again today. When Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you, never, no, never, He revealed a sacred friendship covenant, a promise of one who is devoted to another. Christ will not fail you in the time of trouble. Even if your heart is overwhelmed, you can cry to Him and trust Him, believe Him, recognize His presence with you, and overcome, in spite of your own weakness, your own difficulties. It is said that Howard Hughes, who had amassed a four billion dollar fortune, declared, I would give all my wealth for one true friend. I would give all my wealth for one true friend. Friendship, according to Aesop's fables, is, is brought forth in the story of the bear and the two travelers. I'm going to try to read this quickly today. Two men were traveling together when a bear suddenly met them on their path. One of them climbed up quickly into a tree and concealed himself in the branches. The other, seeing that he must be attacked, fell flat on the ground. And when the bear came up and felt him with his snout and smelled him all over, he held his breath and feigned the appearance of death as much as he could. The bear soon left him, for it is said he will not touch a dead body. When he was quite gone, the other traveler descended from the tree and uh, and <laughs> and inquired of his friend what was it that the bear had whispered in his ear he gave me this advice his companion replied never travel with a friend who deserts you at the approach of danger misfortune friends tests the sincerity of friendship but there is one friend one friend according to the scripture who will never betray you, never abandon you, never put himself above you, put himself uh, in, a, in, a, in a position to where he would no longer. Uh, actually, he will, he will give himself for you. And that's exactly what Jesus did. Even though he was God incarnate, he condescended to come down, to take on flesh, to go to the cross because He wanted to establish a covenant, a friendship relationship. And He did it on the cross, bearing our sins and our shame, that we might be able to be cleansed from our sin and shame, that we might be brought into God's royal family, that we might be reconciled unto the God that we had sinned against, and that we might have a friendship relationship with God, through repentance toward God and faith in the finished work of Jesus at the cross. All to have a friend today. To have a friend today. To have a friend today that will stick closer than a brother. Almost everyone who's had a, 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 a friendship that you considered close, when that friend betrayed you, when that friend let you down, it hurts you more than a known enemy when that attack came from an enemy. It, oh, of course, it probably made us more angry than anything else. But when an attack comes, or when we are discouraged in a friend because they have let us down, it hurts. It tears at the heart. In fact, David in the Old Testament said, It was not an enemy. It was not an enemy. It was not an enemy who came against me not an enemy who did this damage when he when he turned on me but it was a friend someone that I went with up to the temple to worship it was a friend who hurt David so deeply and if you've been hurt in that way in a relationship whether it be in the, in the marriage covenant that someone broke the covenant and and or whether a friend betrayed you there's so many scenarios where a heart can be broken and if you're not careful you become bitter and you can become despondent and discouraged and depressed. Remember if you are a Christian today that there is a friend. There is a friend that made a covenant to love you and never forsake you no matter what. That's why a true friend will stick closer than even a family member You will stick closer than a brother. And I always think of that true friend as my friend, my Savior, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And if you don't know Christ as your Savior today, you can become the friend of God. You can be reconciled to God. You can have your sins forgiven. And you can come to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior today. And then you have His personal promise to you, His personal word to you. Amen. That I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. But I will go with you even to the end of the age. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I pray today, I believe today that the Holy Spirit is doing His work. And as you're listening to the Word of God today, that someone in this listening audience, somebody is hearing more than my voice. You're hearing Him because He's knocking at your heart's door today. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hear my voice and open that door, I will come in and sup with Him and Him with me. Open the door of your heart today while turning from sin to Christ, from, from darkness to light, from Satan to God. Open the door of your heart. Let Him know you're sorry for your sin and you want to be cleansed. He promises to come in and cleanse you. Hallelujah. And today if you know Jesus as your Savior, recognize His presence with you because of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Well, our time is gone. Will you please come back next week and let's talk about Jesus.